Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today's episode is sponsored by K12.com. I'm currently on the road, and I've been traveling over the last two days, so my apologies for the lack of videos, but I will be, I'll be currently bouncing from hotel to hotel over the next week or so, so please bear with me if I miss a day or so until I get back, but I promise I will be working at night to get these videos out for you guys, these, 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 these episodes. So thank you to everybody who has went over to the new channel, Disposed TV, and actually watched our recent documentary on the war inside of Ukraine. Last I checked, it had over 30,000 views, and it's literally our only video that's up on that channel channel. Now we should be having two more videos come out over the next few days because my guys are currently back in the States or back working right now uh, on them. So uh, they're going to be going back over to Ukraine over the next couple weeks. So we're going to start fulfilling all that kind of stuff uh, from the front line. It's, it's going to be really good. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm, I'm glad those guys are going to get over there and, and knock out some more stuff for you guys. So we're actually going to be starting off today speaking about a topic that has been brought up a few separate times over the past month or so. It's, it's mainly about China. Now, the head of the MI5 and the FBI have had a joint speech to warn that China is their biggest game-changing challenge. The FBI director said that Beijing is drawing up lessons from the Russian war inside of Ukraine. He spoke about the Chinese threat against Taiwan and said that the Chinese government is looking for ways to protect its economy against any potential future sanctions. Now, both the MI5 and the FBI have focused on the Chinese Communist Party and its covert operations. This has been going on for quite a long time. I'm sure a lot of people do know this or don't know the extent of it. They've actually accused Beijing of vast effort to steal Western advances. Now, that's in, that's in technology, of course, which, by the way, if you guys didn't know that, it's been happening for years, literally years. They're also trying to use the West Democratic and media, plus the legal system we have in there in, in America, is, it's kind of skewed at times. They're using that to their advantage. And it's very clear over the last decade or so with some of the countries that are trying to actually come and make or have some sort of influence inside of American politics. It's very clear. It's very evident. Now, this is a direct quote from the head of the FBI, just so everybody's aware, and I'm quote directly. <laughs> uh, the most game-changing challenge we face comes in the Chinese Communist Party. It's covertly applying pressure across the globe. This might feel abstract, but it's a real and it's pressing. We need to talk about it. We need to act on it. So that's it's directly from the director of the FBI. He also stated the amount of in investigations against the Chinese government has actually gone up over 1,300% in the past several years, with a new investigation opened every 12 hours. That's pretty, I mean, that's pretty significant. Now, a federal complaint unsealed in March alleged that a Chinese spy hired a private investigator to actually use violence, if necessary, to end a candidate's run for a New York seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. Now, the instruction actually was given to the investigator that uh, he was supposed to beat him until he couldn't actually run for election. Now, this individual that was running for this seat had actually fled China. Um, and became a U.S. citizen, and it, he spoke out apparently against the Chinese government and some of the stuff they were doing in Taiwan and so on and so forth, and they, after one, they, they went after him after that. Now, uh, we're going to be moving away from talking about the obvious thing, and that would be China. Uh, it is a bigger threat than Russia currently is to us here in America. Now, it's very evident after we've seen what Russia's been doing inside of Ukraine. They are not the number one military on Earth, as we all know, or even number two. They are possibly number three. 
The Russian defense minister has actually stated that today, he said this today, that the Russian military will be taking an operational pause in the war against Ukraine. I don't know why he had to come out and say it and he's saying all this stuff, but he did state that the units of the Russian military now carrying out measures to fill the combat capabilities. Now, I will say this is going to be uh, the time we see the Ukrainians try to take back certain areas if they possibly can. They're going to try to at least inflict as much damage already on the uh, worn down and demoralized men of the Russian military inside of this one area, the eastern side of the country. It's also been confirmed that the Russian military has lost 11 ammunition depots in the last nine days, 11 of them. And all these depots are actually temporarily, uh, temporarily held areas within inside of Ukraine. So this operational pause that the Russians are taking is more than, well, it's just that, you know, they're needing to also readjust to this new threat, uh, which is the HIMARS, which has already played a massive role. I mean, they've already taken out 11 depots deep inside or deep behind the Russian lines. Like that's pretty they won't ever do this kind of stuff until they got these things. Now, without these ammo depots, do you guys really think they have the ability to continue to push forward as fast as they were? If you're looking for more control over your child's education, check out today's sponsor, K12.com, which will be linked at the very top of the description for everybody over on the YouTube channel. Now, K12 helps you take charge with tuition-free online school that fits your life. Personalize your child's education to let them learn in their own ways, at their own pace, and using the tools and tech for their generation. Learning is flexible, interactive, and dare I say it, fun. I'm going to be honest with you guys, I wish I had this growing up. I ended up with a GED because I cannot do normal schooling. It wasn't meant for me. It wasn't. It's not meant for millions of other kids. If you have a child who is like me, you need to check it out k12.com. They'll be linked at the very top of the description. Go to k12.com forward slash iHeart. You can explore curriculums and see success stories from over 2 million families who've taken charge of their child's education. Not every kid's going to be as lucky as I am. I was able to join the military and use my little GED that I had. Like that's not like that's not going to be the case for everybody. So take charge. You can help your child reach their full potential. Classes are taught by passionate state certified teachers and your child has a chance to develop social skills through field trips, clubs and activities. K-12 has been helping families take control of their child's education for over 20 years. You can too. Take charge today at K-12.com forward slash podcast. That is k 12 dot com forward slash podcast it'll be linked at the very top of the description thank you so much for k12 for sponsoring this episode well i'm going to tell you guys this right now this guy right now that you're about to hear and see is absolutely insane the fact that they think they're going to be successful in taking over the entire country of ukraine like that that to me is insane in itself but now they think they're going to take the fight all the way to berlin inshallah there should be no doubt. The DPR, Mikolaev, Kirsten, Odessa. Until Vladimir Putin stops us, inshallah, we'll get to Berlin. We will win, no doubt about it. Akhmad is power. Allahu Akbar. President Vladimir Putin. Today, Razman, Kadyrov. Our brothers are defending Islam first and foremost. They're defending values. They're defending the greatness of the Almighty. Razman Kadyrov, the head of Chechnya, is playing a big part in this jihad. And all of our commanders under his command. First of all, this is about faith in the Almighty. It is about spiritual values and our language. So could someone please explain to me in the comments down below how this guy, how they, how they, how are they even offending? Like he's saying they're defending the greatness of the Almighty by helping with the invasion inside of Ukraine. How is this war about faith in the Almighty above in the first place? How is what they're doing right now about some spiritual values and about their language? 
I can't be the only one that is thinking when when hearing this 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 from this guy talking about how how they're trying to, are they trying to talk about their God or trying to justify it? I have absolutely no idea. Now to make it this one even better, one of these guys gets invited onto Russian state TV to start preaching their word. Russia is living its peaceful life. Everything is calm. Even using such a tiny fraction of our forces, we have already pinned down the NATO bloc and America. And Kiev, which is running and barking like a mutt. Apti Aronovich, where to next? In the near future, we'll liberate the Donetsk Republic. It's just a question of time, nothing to think about. The next stop on our way is Kiev, then Warsaw. As long as Vladimir Putin doesn't command us to stop, even with this tiny number of forces, we can easily put all of Europe on its knees. Now this is really getting out of hand. Now these guys are claiming that they have America on its knees and they're going to continue to Warsaw or put or until Putin tells them to stop. Can we all just say what the obvious here is out loud? Like at, at some point, someone needs to say it. Russia and these countries that are fighting alongside them, like Chechnya, uh, they're wanting like, they want a bigger war. Like the Chechnyans themselves, this is all they have to do, apparently. There's not a lot going on inside their country. So they're like, you know what? We want to fight a war. And we want to fight it until Putin says stop. The crazy thing is you have a group of people who is fighting under Putin, but they have kind of different intentions in Putin himself. All they want to do is fight, and Putin wants to control the world. And he has these group of individuals who want to really just kind of rid the world of anyone's uh, religion outside of their own. Like, how is this mindset any other different than a terrorist state? Like, these are legit questions I am asking. For you people who are currently watching this and are listening to this, over on the YouTube side, like, what, what is it? Like, how is this the thing? Without any effort on our part, Latvia is trying to posture. We can send one platoon of Spetsnaz Akhmat there. Nothing more is even needed. What do they have there? Two rubber dinghies and three diartans on horses. Are they going to fight against us? It's the same in all European nations. Can LGBT confront normal men who are defending God-given values? No. We'll keep going until we get a command to stop. That's all. Huge thanks to you. Big thanks. Thank God our country has this kind of an army. And such men. Wishing you strength and success. I bow down to you. Apti Aladinov, Ramzan Kadyrov's advisor. Akhmadis power. Allahu Akbar. And I guess you could try to send a team of Spetnaz or whatever into Latvia to try to check over this country. But it, does, this, does this guy really think that NATO countries aren't going to step in and help? Like it's hard for me to honestly believe that he thinks that they're going to make it all the way to Poland. When they haven't even been able to make the, uh, even take the eastern side of Ukraine after almost five months of fighting. I'm just going to throw that one out there. So we're going to move over to the mapping or what's going on on the ground. If you guys are new, red is going to be Russia. Blue is going to be Ukraine. Now we're looking over here in Kharkiv. Over the last two days, the Russian military has made little to no advancement in the Kharkiv area. But they've actually made several attempts in, to push south. They have actually mined a few more small towns and have attempted to actually take the towns of Sunivika, which is on the western side of Kozocha Lapan. And they've been doing this for the last four days without any success. I just don't believe they have the needed amount of men inside this area to make any real advancements south. Now for the area surrounding Izium. I do believe we're going to see some changes over the next week to two weeks when it comes to how the Russians are able to move. Now, I was reading a report that was coming out of the United Kingdom, which was stating that uh, pretty much the same thing I had said here in the last video, that they think that there's going to be a shift in some of the operational power from the eastern side of the country back into this area. So we know that the Russian military had actually moved a lot of the men and a lot of their operational forces from the Izium area over to the eastern side of the country to make that push through. Now, the UK's intelligence is going to be a lot better when, than in mine because, I mean, it, they're an entire country. I'm one single guy finding all this stuff and putting it together. Now, they're going to have a better idea on the sizing Okay, but what I could find 
Uh, I don't think this is going to be a very small shift, like 10 to 20 BTGs worth of men shifting back over. Now, on the western side of the city itself of Izium, uh, the Ukrainians seem to have actually started to entrench themselves inside of the woods, which means this is more than likely they're not going to be attempting to take the city itself, which is which is fairly smart. If they if they can touch the needed targets with artillery, then what's the need of, of risking any more men's lives getting in there? Honestly, if they were able to, I think they would have started doing probing attacks on the main route, the MO3 route that comes into Izium. I think they would have actually started hitting this thing, which I know they have with artillery rounds. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Now, I do know that. Now, the Russians have been doing daily probing attacks along the southern side of Izium, trying to find a weak spot in the Ukrainian defenses. Also, this is going to wear them down over time. And I, and I know that to be a fact. I mean, they're human beings. You keep them up at all hours of the night. You continually probe them. You continually hit them with artillery. What's going to happen? You're going to wear them down over time. I mean, it's going to happen. Okay. I do believe the Ukrainians are also trying to or have been targeting the railway track that is on the eastern side of the Oskil River which is just about right here, just so everybody is aware, this whole area. Now, I, I, I believe this is it's, it's not 100% confirmed, but it is showing to be a possibility to do some, some of the satellite imagery that is being shared inside of this area that shows this kind of data. Like you can see firms, like firms, you can see fires and explosions and stuff on satellite imagery that comes in from NASA. And this area right now, I believe, I don't know for sure, no one's confirming it to me, I mean, there's no Ukrainians on the ground inside this area, clearly, but I believe that is what they're trying to do. Now, we know that the Russian military has openly stated that they'll be taking an operational pause inside of certain areas, but I did say I believe that they're, this is not going to stop them from conducting certain missions to complete the main task at hand, which would be to secure the eastern side of the country. Now, the Russian military has actually started an attempt. Now, it's not an attempt. It is, uh, I guess you call it an attempt, to soften an area around uh, Ray Horodok, which is just north of Slovenask, and they've been pounding it with our artillery. Now, this is the area, if you guys are on the YouTube channel, which I'm talking about. So they've been shelling this area with artillery over the last 24 hours pretty heavily. Now, we've seen them do this in the past. They go in, they pound certain areas over and over and over again for two days, three days, four days a week, leading up to its initial invasion. Now, they didn't do this at the very beginning in, in Kharkiv, Sumy, uh, Chernihiv, all those areas. Now, they hit Chernihiv really hard with, with, with artillery rounds, but you guys know what I mean. Here recently, this is what they've been doing. It's also been noted that the Russian military has actually started to concentrate its troops on the H-20 highway, which is one one of the, actually it's not one of the ones, it is the one leading into the northern side of Slovenask from that area. Now we know on the other side, just north of this uh, Reredork, uh, we know Lyman, uh, it's about a month ago or so, they got through there, but we know that Lyman's in the low ground, and the area they're trying to get through has two hilltops on either side. It's going to be very difficult for them, for one, to get across that river, and two, to take this high ground. It's going to be very, very difficult, and that's why they're going to have to pound it relentlessly. Now, the MO3 route that's coming in from Izium, we know that it comes into the northern side of Slovenia, is going to be very important. I believe in the last three weeks, they've taken five kilometers of this road. It's from, from I, I believe... The Russians have. I, I do believe. But it's been very slow grind. Like, it's been a grind. And I, the last numbers I checked, which I did check today before I started this episode, right now the Russians control 
of all of the all of Ukraine. But I think over the last three weeks, they've only gained about 1%, 0.3% over the last like week. Like it's, it's like very minimal for the amount of men they've lost. Like this is, we're talking like the last time we've seen casualties like this was back in World War II. Like we're not up to World War II type casualties, but you guys know what I mean. Like the kind of ground, it's just, it's just basically a meat grinder. As, as bad as that sounds, it's exactly what it is. It's slow and terrible. Like, so two days ago, the Ukrainians actually mounted a, a, a counteroffensive and have been, and they took back Bilorovica. Uh, that's not the case of the today. So we're going to shift a little bit east here. And Sevirsk is going to be the next area where we see uh, a heavy fighting. But I think Slovinas is going to be the next decisive area. Kramtorsk as well. That whole area is going to be the next big battleground. But I think Sevirsk is going to be a, I don't want to say staging ground, but that, uh, that's going to be a major battle coming up because the southern, southwestern side of the city, this whole backside, is all hills. So they're going to be able to shoot on the, uncom- on the oncoming Russians as they come down the hill. Because remember, coming into Seversk, it's downhill. So uphill, they're going to be able to lob rounds on top of them. Now, I'm fairly confident that they have actually lost this town once again, that is Bilirvika, but I cannot confirm it 100%. But I can say that I believe it to be true because the Ukrainian general staff has actually stated that they fended off an attack in the town, Hyrvika, which is just on the western side of Bilirvika. Okay, which of course would mean... One thing, the Russians have control of Bilovica. So they push through, and this is the town I'm talking about, this small little area you see right there. That's the town that repelled the attack from. So that's the only thing I can think of unless they somehow came around the southern side, which I don't think is going to be the case. Um, I, I'm almost confident they took it. Now we're going to move a little bit south from this area. Okay, now it seems that the Russians are applying south, our pressure on the southern side, so... Along this main front, it had, nothing has changed. A lot of really heavy fighting. I think Solar Ore is going to be one of the areas where we see uh, the next big push by the Russians if they're able to. But we got to remember, this is, has a major red or a ridge line, excuse me, right here. Where do you guys see that, that Subway loaf of bread right there? That is going to be, the, there's a major ridge line. So I don't expect the Russians to come up over from that side. I, I expect them to come down through Bakhmut and back up. Because that's going to be the low ground coming back up uh, towards Sevirsk. Now we're going to move even more south. This is the area I'm going to be talking about. Okay, so the Russians inside of this area are, are, are seem to be applying a little bit more pressure to the Ukrainians that are inside this little bubble that is on the southern side of the E-40 route that's leading into Bakhmut. Now, I expect the Ukrainians inside of this area to retreat at some point and link up with the element that is currently holding off the Russians from pushing west as of right now. And this is the area I'm talking about. So there's this little bubble of men right here. I believe they're going to have to peel back at some point and link up with this men because I know that there is a Ukrainian element right here in Zatsevi, which has been doing fairly well. They've held off two separate attacks on the town of Vershnia, which is on the outside of it. So I know the Ukrainian element just south of here has applied pressure coming in from the north. So I know this is probably to be the case like this. I, I, that has to be the case. So that southern element at some point is going to have to peel back. And they may be losing this ground. But like I said a few days ago, they do not want to get encircled. So I'm going to go ahead and zoom out here real quick because we're going to shift over to Kyrgyzstan area. So we were just sitting inside of this area. I'm going to go ahead and shift us all the way down here. And there is heavy fighting actually going on currently just south of Volador once again. Really, really heavy fighting. And there's some shelling that's going on just right here. So there's two separate areas, two different fronts on this southern, most southern front that actually has seen a little bit of action over the last 24 hours. So Kyrgyzstan, we know that's been a been in a, a blackout state. Uh, we're not able to get very much information out of this area, but from what I can tell, there's been a bit of a change in the southernmost portion of this front line. So this is the area I'm talking about. I, I, I haven't really changed anything, so I'm just going to show you guys. I'm going to draw it up. I believe there's been some significant changes along here, 
and possibly through here and right here and also right here. Okay. It's really gray. So I'm not even going to adjust it as of now. Uh, I don't believe the map I have now is, is correct. Like it's not going to be, but I'm not willing to change anything that I can get confirmation. Okay. But I will say from what I've seen, I do believe the front line has been pushed a little bit back towards the city of Kirsten itself with certain pockets in the North also taking back. And they've been holding off some endless amount of artillery strikes that have been put on by the Russians. And it's mainly up in this area right here. This is where most of this artillery has been happening. And once again, we confirm this by using firms. So that's pretty much that. That's what's been going on. I will, uh, I'll see you guys in a different hotel room here in the next day or so. Please go check out the sponsor of this video. It'll be linked at the very top of the description. I do love you guys, and I'm out.